Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Oh yeah, welcome back everybody to the Beef Podcast, another episode, another Thursday. Thank you for joining us. Today in the studio, we have another very special show for you. So we just had the Tomball Economic Development Corporation on, and that may have thrown a loop for some people because normally we have businesses on here, but government agencies are kind of run like a business. So honestly, it's not far-fetched to have government agencies on here, and there is such a strong benefit for government agencies, especially in the city of Tomball, for businesses within the city. And I know this personally from being an employee of Tomball Fire Department, that there is so much that we do for our business partners within the city. You know, we're not just here to to show up and write tickets and get people in trouble and, and that kind of thing. We're here to truly be a partner for them. So I am excited to introduce Chief Cook and Chief Sakura, Fire Chief and Assistant Fire Chief for Tomball Fire Department. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Man. Every single episode, like a broken record, if you've ever listened, you've heard me say, I always say I'm excited for this episode, but what cooler and more nerve wracking than having your bosses on your podcast, you know? So this is really cool. I get to suck up to you and, you know, make y'all look good and just give me brownie points at work, right? To an extent, Mm. maybe not really. Evaluation time's coming up in July, John. (laughs) I know, I know. So... I mean, welcome to the Beef Podcast. Here, we always start out with an icebreaker question. So our icebreaker question today is actually one I just kind of thought of on my own because I just finished a big TV show I've been into. So what is your favorite television show, one that you have maybe watched all the way to the end, one that you really enjoy? Jeff, you want to take that one first? I, I, I don't have one off the top of my head. Gosh, I guess growing up, I mean, you know, I was an emergency kind of guy back in the day. That's classic. Um, kind of fitting. Yep. But, uh, I, you know, I would say Shit's Creek was probably uh, <sighs> yeah. one that I enjoyed here lately. Probably the only one I've gone through and actually watched all of them. Oh, heck yeah. No, that, that was a really good show. It was one my wife got me into. I didn't want to watch it. I was like, I saw it on Netflix and I was like, it looks okay, but whatever. She was like, no, no, no watch it. And I watched it and I was hooked. So same like you from beginning to end. And uh, I kind of wish it was still on. (laughs) Yeah. My wife does too. (laughs) (laughs) So mine would be really going back. So I'm going to date myself, not necessarily as far back as emergency, but my favorite one, 100% hands down was the Dukes of Hazzard. Okay. But then coming in after that, it was in the heat of the night. I've seen both of those all the way through. And the odd thing, the first season of uh, the Dukes of Hazard was filmed in the same town that all of the In the Heat of the Night episodes were after season two. Wow. Oh. So it was Covington, Georgia, hidden far from my mom and dad's house. And we were I was able to go through and see a bunch of the old stuff, the Boar's Nest, all that kind of stuff, and kind of geek out on Dukes of Hazard a little bit. I wasn't aware <laughs> until The Walking Dead how many TV shows are filmed in Georgia. Yep. 
Like Covington. Georgia is a huge mecca for shows yep. and, and I guess movies too, but for film in general. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, Covington, Georgia. They call it the Hollywood of the South. Yeah, that's fitting. Mine is we just finished Ozark. And Ozark was such a great show. Another Netflix show. I think they've done really well with some of the content they've been putting out. Of course, some of it's hit or miss, but Ozark was just it was such a good show. And it was one that unlike The Walking Dead, where I've kind of felt recently over their past couple of seasons, I'm like, this should be dead. Like, I'm not watching it anymore. I've not watched it in years. And I'm like, this show should be off the air. It just got stale, repetitive. Ozark seems like it's had really good storylines. And then after the season finale, I don't know if y'all have watched any of it at all. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to spoil it for any of our listeners, but after that season finale, I was like, there's so much storyline left. I need them to finish this. And we were actually, when we got to work, when C shift came on, Justin Frank came on and I was driving on overtime for him. And he was like, yeah, man, I just finished Ozark last night. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because I still have two episodes left. Leave me alone. Like, no, I caught up on a lot of it on our Sunday B-Shift second day, Sunday, I watched a lot of that in between calls. And then when that Monday hit that night, I went into my room before dinner and I was like, I got to finish this show. I only have one episode left now. And I finished it and I went out and I was like, bro, (laughs) he said, yeah, (laughs) disappointing, right? I was like, only in the fact that it's over, like I want more episodes. So yeah, Netflix does pretty good, but that was cool, man. I I didn't realize how much they film in in Georgia. Yeah, I film a ton. Awesome. Well, the reason we're here, we're here to talk about Tomball Fire Department, who Tomball Fire Department is, who it's made up of, why we do what we do there, all that kind of stuff. But I always like to start with the personal stories of the people who are leading a business or an agency. So if y'all don't mind just kind of sharing where y'all came from, y'all have got some rich history in the fire service, both of you do. So just tell us all about you, where you came from, how you got into the fire service and how you kind of came into this position here at Tomball. I'll let you start. <laughs> all, right. all right. I'll roll with this one first. So I started out as a junior uh, at 16. Well, really 14 years old with Katie Fire Department. And then I moved when I found out SciFair actually let you go on calls. I went over to SciFair. I was there for 18 years total. But at the same time, uh, around 2001, right after I graduated high school, graduated, went straight in EMT school and uh, put myself through fire school working as an EMT on the ambulance. Right after I got off or got off the tower is what we call it in Houston. When I, when I finished with the academy, I went into uh, Houston and started with Houston Fire Department in 2002 and then uh, left there in 2012. I was one of the first. There's many out there, I'm sure. But I was one of the first to uh, say, hey, I'm going to a smaller agency for a little more growth, a little more potential, a little more, a little more not being a number. Right. And that was one of the reasons I came to Tomball. I'd been working here part-time for four years at that point and came in here as a lieutenant and worked my way up from lieutenant to being one of the first captains and then uh, the fire marshal for six years and then took over as fire chief in September last year. Yeah. I have kind of a similar story. I started as a junior volunteer with Ponderosa Fire Department. At the age of 12, my whole family was kind of involved. My mom drove trucks. My sister, brother, and I were all, you know, rode on the back and progressed on up. I was the only one that stuck with it. Got in the Houston Fire Department in uh, 1989. Just recently retired there after 32 years, working my way up through the system down there. Worked here part-time in Tomball and loved it. Had the opportunity to... uh, to move over here as an assistant fire chief here, and I jumped on it. Uh, the small town life, the the things, the the benefits, kind of like what Chief was saying, 
it's just so different than being a number in a huge city like Houston. So it's just really a cool down to earth kind of thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And I, I think honestly, it depends on what you're looking for, you know, because I think a lot of these guys and girls, especially the young ones, sometimes they don't mind being just a number because it's like, oh, I can show up to work, catch my paycheck, burn a lot, enjoy doing what I'm doing and then be tired, but go home, sleep, and then wake up and do it all over again next shift. And and that works out great for them. But for me, someone who's more entrepreneur minded, I always, I, I like the fact that my chief and assistant chief know who I am versus, oh, that's employee 668. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, no, 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 that's John Kelly. Yeah. I know everything about how he started here and where he's at now and why he's there. And I know all of his faults and I know all of his good things and I enjoy that because it's like you can kind of give more of that that feel like, okay, you messed up, but we know who you are and we know why you messed up and here's how you can correct it versus, oh, well, policy 1358.2-1 was broken and here's your write-up for that and it's done and over. Thanks, employee 668. Have a good day. You know, it's like, no, we know you and we know where you come from and why you do what you do and and we know if you're truly on that that path of, oh, you're messing up now and not being good and we can correct that. Or we know that you're normally a good employee and you had a small slip up and it's just a verbal counseling because we're not going to waste time with this. Or like so many things can change when you're in that small town feel. And that's one thing that's great about being an entrepreneur in Tomball is that everybody here knows each other. But if you don't like that, then, you know, a big city is the way to go. Go to Atlanta, go to Houston, go to Dallas, go to any of those places, but Tomball and many of the other great organizations in this area, they kind of give you that, like what we do is a big time, but we have that small town feel. And I like that too. So, I mean, similar to y'all, man, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, chief cook and say that in 1989, I was a year old, you know, that would be rude. So I won't mention that, but you know, same way in the (laughs) nineties, in the nineties, my dad was a volunteer firefighter. And he was with Tri-County Fire Department. And I remember, you know, being in the truck with him and he slaps that red little, you know, bee-doo light on top, just swinging around like a bubble gum. And uh, we'd go to calls and I would just be riding with him. He's like, all right, boy, stay in the truck. And then he gets out and hops on the booster and they're fighting grass fires and whatnot. I remember being five or six years old and getting a red fire helmet from the chief of Tri-County at the time that I still have in my office today. And uh, all of those great things. And then I went with Waller Volunteer Fire Department and eventually Tri-County Fire Department to start my career as a volunteer as well. Same thing, junior fireman, 17 years old when I got in, only able to go to grass fires and do anything except hand out waters on structure fires until I was 18. Quickly, you know, figured out a love for that. But in Waller County, all you could do to get paid was EMS. So became an EMT, started working full time as an EMT, promoted to paramedic, got that education and that work experience. And then Pearland Fire Department was like, well, we're going to merge fire and EMS together. Do you want to be a firefighter? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to be a firefighter. (laughs) And so I did that route. And then after that, it was just things led me different places. I believe that there's always a path for everything and there's a reason for everything. And uh, luckily, I I hung around here part time long enough and figured out I loved it and came on full time. And now I work for you two gentlemen. So Tomball Fire Department, I know exactly what we do for businesses and citizens and, and all that stuff and why we're so important. But just tell us about Tomball Fire Department from the beginning, you know, where it started, how maybe the fire service in general has evolved, and then why it's so important to our citizens and our businesses here in in town and what we do for them. Well, the fire department started in 1934, an all-volunteer agency 
it went through changes here and there. A professional welding supply on the east side of town, that was station two. The Harris County tax office right there uh, by the depot, that was station one. And then in 1995, they built station one as you know it today with the angled bays and the full metal deal right here across the street. You know, I literally walked out and was here. <laughs> From there in 2002 is when they started the uh, they started the part-time program. So part-time programs are generally brought into volunteer fire departments during the day whenever volunteers are unable to respond. And over the years, it has evolved into what we have now, which is a full career agency. We still have part-time guys, but they're certified as career firefighters. And it's it, it's all about service delivery, but it's also about the availability of your citizens. Nowadays, and it's an unfortunate thing, I see it in the Lions Club, is younger generations don't want to volunteer the way that they used to. And it has moved, the fire service in Harris County now is moving and evolving more towards a career-based agency. Where the Dallas Metroplex and the fire service of Dallas Metroplex did this 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. They went through the same growing pains. Austin went through it another 10 years later, and now it's our, kind of our turn, our turn to go through the, the share of it. But we have turned into a full, you know, full career agency. We just put on battalion chiefs this year. I mean, much as you know. And then our first career guy was hired in 2008. And that just kind of progressed to where we're at now, having 30 guys spread over three shifts at three different fire stations. Absolutely. And so, and I know chief, when you kind of came on, you're more, I should say chief cook, <laughs> assistant chief slash fire marshal, right? So he kind of took your position over a little bit there to kind of head up the fire marshal's office. Not that he's out there doing inspections every day or anything, but can y'all talk a little bit about the fire marshal's office? And as far as businesses and residences here in town, what does that fire marshal's office mean for us? And what does it do for us? Well, I think one of the the big benefits of being a business in Tomball is the fact that they have a robust, or we, I guess I'm now a, a we, <laughs> we have a robust fire prevention program where we have inspectors and apparatus that conduct inspections that go out and, and do all the fire prevention activities to make sure that everybody's within code so that, you know, it can be the safest place that there is. And I mean, obviously it shows in the number of fires that we have every year, which is down. I mean, which is a good thing for the citizens. I mean, that's, and the businesses. So that's, I mean, I think that's a good thing for sure. Yeah. So just kind of walk me through the process. You know, I've had some friends that I've talked to that own businesses in the area before and they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm having this problem, you know, whether it be sprinklers or alarms or extinguishers or whatever the case. And then I'm like, well, Hey, at the time, you know, Chief Sakura, you were over the fire marshal's office. And I was like, hey, I'll send your info over to our fire marshal or I'll have him get in contact with you and and he'll help you through this process. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, 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 I don't want fire marshal sent to my location. I mean, I'm sure we've all heard the nightmare stories where some counties or some jurisdictions within certain counties, the fire marshals aren't nice, you know, or they may not be perceived as nice where they show up, they're enforcing a law, which is an important law. I mean, you know, just like you said, we have less fires because of these rules, organ uh, the ordinances and laws that are out. Like that's what makes us safer. Sure, they're important, but sometimes enforcement can kind of be seen more from that disciplinarian. I'm going to get a ticket or I'm going to get a fine. You know, so walk me through the process of what that difference is with the fire marshal's office here in Tomball, where if I have an issue with something that's going on, I feel like Tomball Fire Department is more of an ally in that than we are 
a disciplinarian or, you know, a well, I think you, uh, excuse me. I was <laughs> going to say, I think you kind of answered it earlier, more or less. You said the big businesses and the, and the businesses here still have that hometown feel. And that's kind of part of it. The, the thing about enforcing codes is first it's education. You got to explain to them basically, why is this code here? Why, why are you supposed to have this alarm, fire extinguisher, exit, whatever it happens to be, explain it to them. And be a little bit of a, let's work together to get this fixed, right? But most of the time, they don't understand kind of the rules and why they're, they're in place. So explain it a little bit to them. Don't come in there waving a, a ticket book. <laughs> that's never going to work. I mean, and that's kind of the small town feel is kind of what I'm saying. I mean, that's, I don't want to say gray area because it's black and white. However, there's a little chance where you can actually sit down, spend a little more time, explaining, talking about it, figuring out the best way to go about doing it, and then kind of getting it done. It's more or less prevention through education. And that's that's the biggest part of it. You don't want to be that heavy-handed guy walking in there and then everybody fears you walking in. Right. You want to be welcomed into people's businesses, not feared when you walk in the door. So we're looking at going in and we're looking at things. Say, for instance, uh, fire extinguishers out of date. In general, a fire extinguisher out of date is not that big of a deal unless you're looking at six, eight, and 10 years down the road, that powder cakes down there at the bottom of the fire extinguisher, and then it's not going to come out. It's just going to be a bunch of air. But one that's a year out of date, they just need to get it inspected. We give them 30 days to be able to do it. We explain why it has to be inspected every year, why every six years it's got to be hydrostatically tested, and all these special things that the National Fire Protection Association puts out. But they know walking out the door, I just have to call this company. They'll come back in 30 days, whatever company it may be. We don't care who it is as long as they're state licensed. Come back in in 30 days, take a look at it. Or they, it's as easy as just sending a picture to an email address and saying, hey, I did get this violation fixed just so you know. And we don't even come back out at that point. We send them back a nice thank you letter that says, thank you. We appreciate it. And we'll get this taken care of and marked off the record. And it's Treating people just the same way that we push in the city throughout our with our core values, professionalism, integrity, and respect, and being professional with them, having the integrity and the you know the the honesty with them, and then the respect enough to understand that they're still an operating business. That's one of the reasons during COVID that we didn't go out and inspect businesses. It wasn't necessarily we wanted to back off on fire safety, but one we were keeping our inspectors safe, and then two. We're allowing that business to just kind of ride for now. Uh, some of the companies weren't coming out and doing inspections anyway. So it was one of those things. We're going to take that step back this year, and we're just going to hopefully be able to ride this wave out. And unfortunately, it lasted a little longer than we wanted it to. And then, you know, we ended up here today. <laughs> I do agree with you a lot on that small hometown feel. It's kind of like I think what I spoke about when I said being an employee of this organization versus a larger one, it's kind of the same in a city where it's like, what is your intent? If this company is brand new and coming in and they're not building correctly or they don't know because, yeah, their job is to be studied up on these things, but things get missed. You know, honest mistakes happen. And so I think that it's kind of knowing like, okay, you're brand new to Tomball. You have no idea as a business what you're supposed to do every single step of the way. So we know your intent was not to be malicious and hurt firemen or your employees or cause a safety issue. But here, let's educate you, you know, or you have been here forever and you've always been compliant. You've always been a great business owner in town, but you had this mess up for whatever reason. It got busy and you had a bunch of boxes stacked up by your egress or 
a fire extinguisher went out of date or whatever the case may be. I think it really kind of plays into that where you have that small town feel. It's pretty nice. So as a resident here, what's the most important thing that I should know about our fire EMS police services, whatever, you know, public service it may be that comes out of Tomball. What, what do you feel like Tomball fire department offers the most that you may not necessarily get at every single municipality? Why would I want to live here? Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's some of the similar stuff. I mean, you've got, you've got responders that, that truly kind of take time to, explain some things, talk you through whatever it is. I mean, obviously, whenever the emergency's over, right? So, unfortunately, in the fire service, we see people, we meet people on arguably their worst day. We don't typically expect a thank you and all that stuff because they got other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. But I believe we have enough people here that kind of buy into that mindset of treating everybody with respect and trying to explain as much as we can that that once the incident is over, once the, the situation's kind of under control, they can take a few extra minutes and kind of help with the next step. You know, where do you go from here? How do you kind of, how do I rebuild or whatever it happens to be and kind of what do I do next? Whereas sometimes in larger organizations or busier organizations, for say, I hate to say it like that, but I mean, there are times in the city of Houston where you're gone all day, every day, you know, and they don't always have time to, to spend a few extra minutes kind of just making them feel a little bit better. You know what I mean? It's a hard way to kind of, there's not really a good way to put that personal touch, I would say probably. And I mean, it goes back to the old slogan that we have in Tomball, hometown with a heart. Every one of our firefighters has the heart, to do the job, but they also have the heart to, and the compassion to explain things, to be there, to, to be there for the citizen more so than anywhere, than anywhere else I've ever worked. Yeah. Customer service, I think is probably one of the most important things about what we do because you're right, you know, beyond putting out an emergency situation, of course, if someone's life is on the line or there's a fire, yes, that's obviously the most important thing, but that customer service is something that I know every single video you put out at the very end, you say, be nice. Mm-hmm. And it's for a reason because to our citizens, be nice to our coworkers, be nice to our staff that works for us and above us. Be nice. Like we have to be nice at all times. And I think it's an expectation that goes through the fire department as well as like you said, just something that our guys and girls here want to do. You know, I know me personally, I enjoy when I get to sit back after everything is done and then that, that customer, you know, that civilian, that citizen is like, man, I'm sorry I had to call y'all for this. Thank y'all for coming out and handling it. And it's like, no, this is what you pay us for. Like, it's not an inconvenience. Yeah, sure. You interrupted my dinner or sure. You woke me up at two o'clock in the morning. It's not an inconvenience. I'm paid to be here to, to get interrupted. Like I'm used to this, you know, it's, it's fine. I always tell them that's what we're here for. That's what we get paid for. And I'm, I'm paid by the hour here till seven. So I'll stay here all day. Like, I don't care, you know? So I do enjoy that. I think our, our citizens too, you know, something um, that they may not even know about is how much PR we do. You know, public relations is such a big deal to Tomball. Uh, oh, yeah. Fire, the city of Tomball, police department, like all of them. I've seen the events we go to where we spend 
a lot of time getting ready for these events and getting materials ready to hand out and education ready to give out and show these kids our trucks and show them what we do and how we get dressed and what we wear and, and all that stuff. So I definitely enjoy that part about Tomball Fire. Anything else that y'all want to share about just in general, the benefit of having the city of Tomball Fire Department within the city? Well, obviously the benefits are we're going to be there to put out your fire, be there for you no matter what. <laughs> right. So I guess then if we want to kind of transition into something, I know that a lot of departments around the area are fighting with right now, and not just departments, but businesses in general, you know, even some of the businesses we've had on here, staffing, staffing has been an issue nationwide. I think for a multitude of reasons, you know, first of all, some people are finding out, Hey, you know what? Maybe I don't have to work every day. And then some are figuring out, I want to work somewhere that's maybe a little better than the place that I'm at or pays a little more than the place that I'm at or whatever the case may be. But I know that obviously Tomball Fire Department, we are hiring. We're looking for excellent staff that wants to be part of a growing team. And so I just kind of wanted to give you all the opportunity to talk about the two tests that we have upcoming very soon and uh, some of the benefits that we may have here at the city and some of the the reasons to come join other than, you know, you may get to drive Lieutenant Kelly if you uh, pass that driver exam. So we have, we have two out right now, the firefighter and the driver. The firefighter, we are allowing folks that are not currently certified, but they're in a certification class to go ahead and take the exam. The exam's good for a year or the, the list is good for a year. The pool is actually what it is, a pool. The pool's good for a total of a year. I can extend it up to six months if we still have enough candidates on it. So if we have that guy that is not in EMT school yet and he starts in August, he can at least get into the pool. And once he's certified, he gives shoots us an email or whatever, gives us a call, says, hey, I finished, I'm done, I'm certified. And now he's able to get picked up if we have a part-time opening, an additional full-time opening or what have you. And then we also have the driver operators that are in, uh, that are going to be going two days later, driver operators the next rank up. So that's a little more experienced firefighter. It's the the guy that's going to be driving the truck. And then eventually at some point cleared to ride up as a Lieutenant, but they're, that's where we're at right now. We have that on June the 9th and June the, no, I'm sorry, June the 11th and June the 13th. June the 9th is when the driver operators are, that's when the list closes or the eligibility point closes. And then June 8th is when the firefighters closes. So you can go to tomballtx.gov and go to our human resources page and everything is right there. Uh, all of our benefits are there. You know, we have quite a bit. Jeff, you want to hit some, hit on some of our benefits? Well, I mean, we're, we're, we have the benefit of a municipality. So we're in a TMRS retirement system. The city offers a two to one match, which not everybody gets. So that's a pretty good deal. I think vesting is what, five years? Right at five. Yes, sir. You're able to apply to carry over time from another agency. So if we're hiring somebody from another department, say the big giant went down the street, you know, <laughs> or any others. I mean, you could tip, you could apply for it. It doesn't always work because mm-hmm. it may not, may not match. We have a deferred compensation 457 plan. We have good health insurance, good dental vision, you know, the whole, the whole shebang, you know, it's, it's pretty much a, a, a good foundation for just about any, you know, anybody starting out or moving, wanting to move on. We work a 4896 shift, which puts you on duty for 48 hours and off duty for 96 hours, which is a little newer in the fire service. It's not sure. one that, that's been around forever, but those that are on it really seem to enjoy it. They seem to like it a lot better. I don't think it would ever fly in a city like Houston. Oh, no. But 
out here, it's it's works well, and everybody seems to really enjoy it. It was the best schedule because when I, I will tell you from experience, working right. twenty four yeah, forty eight. Yep. Oh, that stunk. You went home. After you'd run all night long, you went home, you had your day to relax, and then you were you were still off one day, and then you're right back at work, and the cycle starts over again. At least with this one, forty eight hours on with our with some of the best people you'd ever meet and work with, and then you have your four days off to have a side job, work for Beefy Marketing, <laughs> what have you, <laughs> own your own business. Right. You know, we have guys we have guys in the department that own their own businesses, and being an entrepreneur outside of outside of the fire service, doing something that doesn't involve the fire service. And then we have our guys that work part-time jobs in the fire service or work on an ambulance, yeah. just pick up some extra cash. Now, that's not uncommon. But with the 4896 schedule, it really allows – that 96 hours allows you a day to recharge, a couple of days to work a side job, another day to recharge and come back to work at the best place in the world. And yeah. I'm going to add something to that too because he kind of made mention of some of the best people and all that stuff, right? And so the fire service is, is like a family. You know, we're we're together for twenty four to forty eight hours all the time. I mean, you've got a lieutenant that's kinda like mom and a and a battalion chief or a captain that's kinda like dad and then all the little siblings running around. And uh <laughs> that's really kinda how it is. But here it's not just in the fire service. I mean the town and the whole city of Tomball is like one big family. Yeah. Yesterday we're together with police department showing our support we've got all of our firefighters over there helping them show support to the fallen police officers they do the same with us public works is the same way i mean all the the agencies or all the departments within the city all truly believe that they're kind of in a family so to speak and they all really kind of step up to help each other and that's that's another really big benefit at tomball because it's like a bigger family than normal. Normally, it's your crew, your station, your shift. Here, it's like you've got aunts and uncles all over the place. Yep. I mean, it's really yep. a different- One department, one city, one family. Plenty of times we've cooked breakfast. I mean, I remember when you were just you were just a logistics guy, you know, chief cook, and you were out at station five where we were, and every single morning, it was like, nope, I'm going to have breakfast ready for chief cook too, just in case he's going to be here, just in case he wants to eat. We're going to have breakfast ready. And it was like, you know, he was, he was a, a district chief at a different agency, but it's still, he works with us. He's still our family. We still respect him for that position. And we're still going to have breakfast ready for him. You know, and you're always trying to pay and I'm like, put your money away. I don't want it. But it was nice to have you sit down and say, all right, cool. I'm going to take a break from everything and eat breakfast with the guys. Cause we all know, I mean, we know, I don't know how much our listeners know, but we know some of the best conversations we solve world problems. Um, we bicker and fight like kindergartners. We rag on each other and probably bully each other harder than anyone. But if somebody else you know, bullies my brother or sister, then I'll come down on you harder than anyone would ever expect. We have some great times around that dinner table, whether we're having breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And you're right. Like it was nice at station one the other day, we've got the, one of the inspectors and we've got an assistant chief and we've got our secretary and we've got all these different people from around the organization that are like, Hey, yeah, we're gonna have breakfast with you. Just sit down and, and eat some breakfast. You know, it really is a family atmosphere. Yeah, public works just dropped yeah. some crawfish off from yeah. there, whatever they had going they on. Yeah, the today. public works week this week and they had a big crawfish bowl out at Jurgens Park and uh, they brought all brought all the leftover crawfish, hot dogs and hamburgers and all that stuff over to the station and said, Hey, feed the guys tonight, feed the guys dinner. Right. And I've had city managers stop wolf. by. I've had council members stop by. I've had the mayor stop by, like 
It really is. It, it is a good atmosphere. And I'm not saying that because, you know, I teased both of you before you were going to be on the show. And, and I was like, oh, cool. This is my chance to either grill you and make you look bad, or this is my chance to suck up to you and make me look good. But all sucking up aside, it really is a family atmosphere and it is such a cool place to work. And we have our growing pains and we will from now until Tomball Fire, you know, maybe one day doesn't exist, but we will always have growing pains. Every agency will. But overall, this is such a great agency to work for. And you're right. It is it is a family. You know, when you've got something going on and you call your brother or sister and say, I need coverage on that truck. It's not just mm, employee 668. I ain't covering for them. I don't even know who they are. Why they even text me. It's nah, I know that guy or I know that girl and I know what they're going through. I got to be there for them. And then you drag yourself out of your house and say, well, there goes my 24 hours I was going to have off before overtime. Now it's just 12, you know, and you show up and you work for them. And uh, I don't think you get that everywhere you go. Of course, in the fire service, it's easy. In your firehouse, you do. But outside of your firehouse, how often do you really have mayors, council members, city managers, unless it's election time, coming by and saying, hey, let's eat, you know, let's drink, let's have some fun, whatever the case may be. So awesome. Well, how do we support Tomball Fire Department? We ask that question to everybody who's on the show, you know, what helps? I mean, obviously here paying your taxes helps. We, we definitely enjoy that. But beyond that kind of stuff, man, tell us about social media. Tell us about websites, all those places we can visit and show support for our firemen and firewomen here. So one of the ways, uh, you like our Facebook page. We're expanding out into other social media outlets as well, but uh, liking our Facebook page, sharing our sharing our deals. Earlier this week, you could have voted for the nicer-looking fire truck, <laughs> but it is what it is. We unfortunately lost a Cypher by like 800 Folks. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not very close. 800 likes. It wasn't very close at all. Everybody seems to like black wheels. I say they create lazy firemen, but it is what it is. I digress. <laughs> Another way, you know, and it's something as simple for the guys is moving over to the right whenever they're driving emergency traffic. Mm, Keep that in mind. You know, that's the safety of not only yourself, but also our firefighters. So that they're able to have a clear direction going to going to the fire, going to the medical call, whatever it may be. And then in the inverse of that, if you see and this is on the police department side, if you see a police officer or one of our trucks on the side of the road with their lights on, do pull over another lane to the left and slow down 10 miles an hour, about 10 miles an hour below where you're at. That way to allow that, again, extra extra safety for our guys. That's that's one way to help them out and one way to, to support. I mean, seeing seeing the guys at the events, go up and take a look at the booth, You know, get, get to know some of our firemen, come by the fire station. Anybody's welcome by the fire station at any point in time. And, you know, come see our 1946 Ford Howe that we have oh, sitting. Yeah. It's a second motorized fire apparatus in Tomball Fire Department's history is actually sitting at Station 1 in the bay and goes out on parades and, and uh, car shows and all sorts of stuff. And and honestly, I kind of I said it earlier with we see people at their worst day and we don't really expect things. Mm-hmm. Working in the southwest part of Houston for the majority of my career, uh, we didn't get a whole lot of things anyway, <laughs> no matter what. Which, yeah. We understand. We're not whining that we don't get things. We get Never. it. When I moved to the southeast side, we were really entrenched and embedded in that community, and we did get a lot more thank yous and people stopping by and all that. But since I've been here, it's twofold. I mean, just saying hello and thanks and things like that, you know, just showing a little bit of courtesy and support 
while you run into firefighters at the store or on a you know on a scene or anywhere out there or stop by the fire station it it makes the firefighters feel a little bit better to have somebody say thanks not that we need it cuz we're just doing our job and what we really want to do anyway but it does make you feel a little bit better absolutely and i'd say the final way uh, that you can support us is Christmas holidays. Uh, we have holidays for heroes. Anybody that wants to make a donation is more than welcome to bring it to the station. Uh, we put it in our 501c3 account, and then we go out and we provide Christmas for underprivileged children that are within Tomball ISD. But that's not just us. That's the Tomball Police Department as well. And then Public Works. Public Works doesn't have their own 501c3, but they're there helping us. We get people from courts, from city secretary's office, all over the city out helping helping kids out and taking them shopping at Walmart. We basically take over Walmart for a four-hour period on a Saturday and run 50, 60, 70 kids through and and spend two or $300 per, uh, per kid on them. And it, it's a Christmas that they may not ever have again in their lives or they may not have until their adulthood. Yep. That is something uh, I participated in that on the shopping end for my first time ever last holiday season. Like it almost brings me to tears now to talk about it because it, as a fireman, you know how it is when you're at the station, we pray every single day that we come in, we do our job, we get everything done and then we go home and there's not a whole lot in between, you know? I mean, the more calls we have, the worse off our citizens are because they're calling us for a reason. We like what we call, and we never say this on shifts, slow and quiet days because it is what it is. Black wheels, lazy firemen. I want black wheels, okay? <laughs> Not that I am lazy, but I sure will take the chance to be if I can. So when you hear about this event and it's like, oh, man, all three trucks are going to have to go and we're going to be at this big event and there's a parade and all of this stuff, it's going to be a lot of work. There's a lot of moving parts. It's going to be kind of messy because... You can't coordinate something like that and have it be 100% smooth. There are so many moving parts. And so at first you're kind of like, all right, well, I know the reason it's there. So let's go. Let's be happy. We're truly not upset about it. But then when I got there and actually took part, I was like, this is heartbreaking and also so sweet at the same time because it's like these kids are so happy to have someone who cares enough just to have a conversation with them, let alone go spend two, $300 at Walmart on them. Yep. And I was like, dude, this is like the, the kid that I had. He just wanted to sit outside and eat his Chick-fil-A for breakfast before we all went shopping away from everyone else. And was like, I just kind of want to sit down and talk, you know, and I'm like, I got you, buddy. Let's get yeah. out of here. You know, let's go sit down and talk. And then we talk and it was like, oh, so you're Camden's dad. And I'm like, yeah, that's my son. He's in seventh grade too. And he's like, oh man, I love Camden. You know, and it turns out this kid's friends with my son. And it was like the personal connection you get and the meaning that we have doing that. I'm so glad y'all brought that up because I actually forgot to even mention that in this. Like that is such an important event that we pull off every single year and we couldn't do it without the rest of the city behind us. So oh, yeah. you're right, man. What event did Tomball Fire do prior to that? We had one that we would raise money for. Kind prior of to that, we would adopt families. That's so right. we would go yeah. out, we would interview them in their homes, that kind of thing. And when you don't have the support of a staff that's able to do that and able to support that, this right. is truly a partnership with the police department. Right. Absolutely. We kind of took over shop with a cop. That's right. More or less right. took over is. and we didn't rename it. It was a team effort to rename it Holiday Heroes, but it was, it was truly a morph of, of shop with a cop. Right. And this is, I think we have a larger effect in doing that because we were doing, they were only doing 30 at a time. Mm, we said, yeah. hey, we can double that number. 
Well, then, hey, we can triple that number. Well, last year, I think we did 82. I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to go back and look at some emails. But I know that we did over 60 or 70 kids. That's crazy. And that, I mean, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. And getting the support from the city itself in the same way. And keep in mind, this is all with donated funds. This is not using tax dollars in any means. This is donated funds from citizens, from businesses. And that's what it goes for. I remember how big it was for us to adopt families Mm -hmm. when I was just a part-timer here. Oh, yeah. And I remember going on the street corner and we would solicit donations from passersby. And so many people were like, oh, no, no, no. I donate to this every single year. And they'd be like, here's a hundred bucks. Yep. You know, not just here's some change out of my, oh, "Oh, no, let me pull hundreds out of here and give you some. So, yeah, it was a big deal. But it also brings a little bit more of a personal I mean, you kind of said something earlier about enforcement and they're mm-hmm. scared to have cops or, you know, fire fire marshals or whatever it is. And this kind of brings it a little more personal where, hey, we are real people right. uh, behind the badge, so Absolutely. to speak. And, and you're able to touch many more families than adopting one or two or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. And so it's just different for us. We typically take care of a problem and don't get a whole lot of follow-up. Right. And this gives us an, a, an opportunity to kind of get entrenched in a little bit of a, you know, day-long kind of activity of, I'm going to get some buy-in into this family. And and that makes a big difference, too, I think, for, for us. You said yourself. Oh, it does. First time you get to do it, you're you're hooked. Absolutely. No, it, it is. And, and it's the same thing with visiting the station and seeing us while we're there, you know, it's so nice when you get those really good questions of people who are genuinely interested in what we do and how many people honestly don't understand what a fully staffed fire department does. I got stopped in HEB the other day and this woman was asking the question in such a manner that I thought I was like, Oh man, here we go. I'm going to have to put out a fire (laughs) pun intended. I'm going to have to put out a fire of this woman's mad. We're grocery shopping right now because that's how it seemed the way that she had you know, asked the question. It seemed that way. And she was like, no, no, no. She's like, I'm just genuinely curious. Like, why, why do I see y'all at the, at the uh, grocery store, you know, every single week, multiple times a week. And I'm like, well, because we work 48 hour shifts. And so we've got to go to the grocery store and <laughs> right. live like a family in the firehouse for 48 hours. So we get groceries and we cook breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we have to be able to come to the store to do that. You know? And she's like, Oh, I didn't know that. So are y'all staffed all the way? And I'm like, yep. You know? So it's awesome. Um, I I definitely love this town. I love this department and I can't thank y'all enough for being here today and sharing the story for both of y'all and of the the city and the fire department and why we do what we do every single day. Thank y'all so much for coming out here. And listeners, thank y'all for tuning in every single Thursday for another episode of the Beef Podcast. As always, please make sure that you are supporting our pages, listening to the show, leaving reviews, and sharing it with your friends and your family. That's another week, another episode. We're out. You've been listening to the Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to the Beef Podcast.